The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. What a week it has been, my friends. The Jackets have won a series for the first time this season, beating the first-place Carolina Hurricanes. But last night, didn't get the job done at home, getting shut up by those same Hurricanes. The opening round of March Madness has concluded. Has your bracket busted yet? Mine has, of course. Baseball season is around the corner. The round table is set. You'll hear a little snippet of what I'm going to be talking about in the round table. And a full assortment of what's to come right here tonight on this the 23rd of March, 2021. It was 70 degrees outside. I'm wearing shorts. It's time for All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Domino. Hit to a home run. Go. Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on this, the 23rd day of March 2021, and you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever. Whenever and however, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me the time of your day to, you know, just maybe sit back, relax, listen to something, listen to a, a guy talking about sports or your one of your friends doing something that he loves and he loves to talk about sports. Whether it be you're sitting on the couch, whether you're cleaning your house, whether you are, you know, out at the park, Going for a walk with the dog. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to take a little bit of your time to talk a little sports. To get you ready for the week that is ahead in sports. Right here on All Andy Elford. You can follow the show, by the way, on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. We're also on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. You go up to the uh, little uh, hourglass up at the top. Type in AllAndyElford. The show will pop up. Hit the like button. You'll get content and information when we show when we tape shows. Uh, latest sports news. Latest what's happening in the Northwest Ohio sports scene. Happening nationally. What's happening in the state with the Jackets. Because oh, we got a lot to talk about the Jackets tonight. As well as talking about what's happening 
in my life. So welcome into the show. A lot to get into tonight, of course. My first thing to you guys, I want to say thank you for last week's episode. Good high rankings last week. Uh, If you haven't hit the subscribe button to this podcast, then what are you doing? Hit subscribe. We are now doing shows starting this week, Tuesday and Friday. Yes, this week and the rest of the series, Tuesday and Friday episodes of All Andy Elford. Now, it will change. I will give you a little bit of housekeeping. It will change. If the Jackets are playing on a Tuesday night, we'll bump the podcast to Monday night. So we could recap the weekend that was for the Jackets. We were going to do one yesterday. We usually tape the shows on Monday. And then they go to air Monday night into Tuesday. And you'll get your first chance on a Tuesday morning. But when the Jackets are playing on Tuesday, we will have the podcast taped on Monday. It will go out Monday night. And you'll get a chance to listen to it Tuesday. If you're going to Nationwide to get ready to watch the Jackets play. If you're getting ready to... Sit down and watch the game tonight or watch it at the bar. Because I know here in Northwest Ohio and Toledo, it's right at the Mason Dix, uh, right at the Turnpike line, is where they cut off the feeds. If you want any of that, you know, you want to watch the jackets, you got to buy the package, of course. But, you know, I digress. Uh, that's, that's, another, that's another show for another situation. Uh, but thank you f- for the great ratings last week. Um, truly a bless, a great St. Patrick's Day by yours truly. I got a chance to just hang out with the fiance, her family, uh, her family made a delicious jigs dinner. It was fantastic. Had a few green beers and, uh, have, uh, some of those Killigans, which is that, uh, red ale, and, uh, with the uh, horse on it. First time I ever had like a red ale. That was really, really good. I might have to be adding that a little bit in my repertoire, but today I got a package. Now, Fans of the Jackets that listen to the podcast in the Columbus market, you know, I finally have found a way for me to get the Cannon Blast. And I found it on the BrewDog website, and they had it shipped up here. And uh, I got it today. I bought it Saturday night. And then Sunday, I got a notification from FedEx that they was getting ready to ship. It shipped Sunday night. Got to... Grove Point, Ohio, then went from Grove Point to Toledo, got it today. So I am just ecstatic. It's in the fridge. It's ready to go for Thursday night when the Jackets battle Carolina. We'll be cracking one open and having some wings and enjoying enjoying that. So I'm looking forward to that. So a great St. Patrick's Day, a great week ahead of sports. And by the way, let's get right into it. Let's talk about what's happening in the capital city, and let's talk about what's happening with the Jackets. It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it is time for the Jackets report. Of course, the big news after the debacle last week on Monday when yours truly was on the air, basically calling out every one of the Jackets from the whole situation, giving you the whole recap going into this week's games, you know, calling out, you know, 
Max Domi getting better at his play, getting Nick Foligno signed. You know, I felt like the players got a lot better this week. And they opened up a big series in Carolina on Thursday night. A huge game for the Jackets as the Carolina Hurricanes were first place going into the game. The Jackets playing this same team four times, two in Carolina and two at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard in the capital city of Columbus, Ohio. The Jackets did get out to the early start as it was Seth Jones getting his second goal of the season from Oliver Bjorkstrand and Zach Wierenski on a wrist shot, giving the Jackets a 1-0 lead at the 14-11 mark of the first period. And then in the second period, it was all Sebastian Ajo, two goals in the period, tying the game at one, and then going giving the Hurricanes a lead 2-1, his 12th and 13th of the season. Uh, his first his, uh, first goal was the assisted by Nino Niederreier and Fogel, his sixth assist of the season. The second one was Nikas, his 16, and Dougie Hamilton, his 20th assist of the season. And then the kid, Kevin Stedlin, coming out of, out of left field. This young kid scores to tie the game at two. The Jackets getting a big lead, getting the tying goal. Stedlin, his fifth of the season from Max Domi. And Oliver Bjorkstrand, a snapshot, beating the goaltender for Carolina, tying the game at two apiece. Nobody scores in the third. The Jackets get a point. Carolina gets a point. Now, in the overtime session, we'll go into this really quickly. I feel like the Jackets, this is their fifth overtime game in the last, in the last six games. They played six ga- five of the last six in overtime, requiring the extra session. And to say that the Jackets came out, they came out firing in the game, and Carolina was all over them. Basically all over them in the in the in overtime session. However, it was Seth Jones getting the Jackets over the hump and giving them a big three to two win. Of Jonas Corpusalo. Seth Jones will jump up. Jones moving in and scores! Seth Jones is second of the night and the game winner. And the Blue Jackets pick up that valuable second post. It's like it's gonna be game over, but Seth Jones moments later gets the puck. Seth Jones getting the go-ahead. Game-winning goal in overtime and giving the Jackets a 3-2 win in the PNC Bank Arena as the Jackets end end a long losing streak and they get the job done and they win 3-2. Shots on goal in the game. The Jackets had 28 shots to Carolina's 27. The Hurricanes led in the faceoff dot 52% to 48%. Carolina was 1-for-3 on the power play. The Jackets 0-for-1 on the Jackets out, hitting the Hurricanes of the game 32-24. to 19 block shots for the Jackets to 13 for Carolina in the game. For the Jackets in the game, it was 
Corpus Allo stopping 25 of 27, a save percentage of a point nine two six for the Hurricanes. It was Netrikov stopping 25 of 28, stopping a save percentage of a point eight nine three. So the Jackets a big win on Thursday night. They continued the momentum going into Saturday. Now Saturday was a little bit of a different story. The Jackets were playing from behind as it was Shestikov getting his ninth goal of the season in the second period at the 14-29 mark of the second period, giving Carolina a one to nothing lead. And then it was then the Jackets turning on the heat. Bjorkstrand tying the game 39 seconds into the third period off a deflected shot, beating the goaltender. And it was Kevin Stenley getting the assist, tying the game at one apiece. But then Warren Fugel getting his sixth goal of the season from Dougie Hamlin, Hamilton and uh, Jordan Martuk, his seventh assist, as Carolina took a 2-1 to lead. And a lot of me thought that this game was over. I thought it was over. I thought Carolina got the best of them. I said, I said to my dad that I was sitting with watching the game on Saturday night. I felt like the Jackets were just done. They were gassed. They were... They didn't feel like they were playing, but again, it was Seth Jones willing his way, getting his team, carrying his team back on his back and scoring with less than a minute to play in regulation to tie the game at two. From Line and Rosovic was the assist. Line finally getting a point on the board, finally, after a long time, but let me just say this. Let me set it up for you. Jones, uh, Line A was setting, was, Roslovic was setting the pick, gives the puck to, to Line A. Line A gets ready for the shot, sees Seth Jones in the point, and he just buries it for the right top circle in the offensive zone for the Jackets, and he just buried it, beating the goaltender and taking the tie and getting that extra, getting the one point to force overtime. Now, in the overtime session, let's, let's talk about this for a second. In overtime, there was a controversial play that helped out the Jackets. Now, the Jackets were forced on a penalty. Seth Jones called, got a call for a penalty for a slash. He was, I believe it was a slash. We'll look at it here in overtime. Yeah, it was high stick. Gets called with a high stick. Now, the Jackets go on the penalty kill. And again, like last week, I told you that their power play and penalty kill is absolutely atrocious this season. And so the Jackets get the puck cleared out of the zone. Carolina breaks into the zone. Then they set up the play, beats Elvis Merce-Lincolns, game over, and Carolina wins 3-2. But then we hear the horn blow in Carolina. Toronto wants to make a look, look at this play. And then we see the play happen. And it was clearly offsides at the line. The Jackets get a break from Toronto. Now, I don't say this that often, but you know, officiating is very, very tough in the NHL. And I, I applaud Toronto getting this right. Seeing the play, seeing that the defense, the defenseman 
was standing over the blue line before the puck comes into the zone in overtime while, while Columbus is on the PK, on the penalty kill, giving, giving Carolina the power play. Now, saying that, the Jackets you know, caught a little bit of a break. They did. They caught a little bit of a break. But Toronto gets it right. They get the play back set. Back to like two minutes and three seconds. They kill the rest of the penalty. Had an opportunity in in the overtime session, but it goes to a shootout. So Carolina goes first. Hamilton connects. Scores. Atkinson goes in. And I, I, I say this to Atkinson. I want to say this to Cam. If Cam listens to this podcast, which I probably doesn't listen to this podcast. Stop with the dipsy do moves. Either take the shot, wait for the goalie to go down, and then lift it, lift it up and in over the sh- shoulders because he goes down. The goaltenders always go down too early, and then when you go, when he goes down early, you see is the opening, and you take the shot, and then you score because he has not been connecting in the shootout this season. Nikis then takes his shot. He gets saved by Elvis Merzlinkis. And then Max Domi, again, I don't know why Tortorella wants to put Domi out there. I would put Felino out there. Felino at the end of his at the end of the overtime session was buzzing. Why can't they continue the momentum? They give it to Domi. He clearly misses the net. Shesterkoff, the fifth shooter, takes a shot and misses it. That sets up Patrick Line. Now Line was the big the big move. They had they had to connect. He had to connect and score to really put it away for the to get get the jackets the momentum towards the next shooter for them. And he connects and he scores and he finally does something right for the jackets. He does it and connects on a wrist shot. His sixth, the sixth shooter connects. Jackets go up, tie it in the shootout. Niederreiter goes up for Carolina, misses, and it leaves to Oliver Bjorkstrand to win it. He don't miss, boys. Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. The Jackets win a series for the first time in 2021. They win the two-game series in Carolina and pick up a big, a big four points. Which now propels them into the playoff picture. Yes, I said it. I will say it. In the words of in the words most graciously known, playoffs, playoffs. Yes, the Jackets get into the playoff picture. The Jackets win three to two in Carolina. Big win for the Jackets. And looking at the Jackets overall, Merzlinka stopping 35 of 37. His save percentage of a point nine four six in the game for Carolina. It was James Reimer stopping 29 of 31, a save percentage of a point nine three five. By the way, the three stars of the game, if you uh, the overall stats, Carolina outshot the Jackets in the game 37 to 31. They also won in the faceoff down 53% to 47%. Both teams over 2 on the power play. The Jackets did out-hit the Hurricanes 37-26. They also took the block shots 
at 20 to 14 in the game. By the way, the three stars of the game went to Merce Lincoln, getting the number one star, the number two star, the Seth Jones, and Warren Fugel, the number three star for Carolina. So the Jackets getting a big three to win in Carolina. So they continue their play last night at Nationwide Arena in front of the fifth line. And the fifth line was disappointed. The Jackets could not get anything going. They could not get anything started. And it was all Carolina in the game. They beat the Jackets by a score of three to nothing. It was Sajek getting his first of the season from Ajo and Fast at the 9-13 mark of the first period, giving the one nothing lead. Fast then getting his fourth in the second period from Pierce and Stahl, making it two to nothing at the 6:39 mark of the second period on a tip-in shot. And then to cap it all off, it was Nikas his sixth of the season from Ajo and Doug Hamilton making it 3 nothing, and that was the final last night at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. The Jackets could not get anything going, and her, the Hurricanes with a big 3 nothing win. It was uh, was fast. The number three star, the number two star was Sebastian Ajo, and uh, Nikovacic, the goaltender for Carolina, the number one star. Shots on goal in the game, 28-19 to in favor of the Hurricanes. The Jackets led in the faceoff dot, 51% to 49%. Both teams 0 for on the power play. The Jackets only taking 4 minutes in penalties. Carolina taking 6 minutes in penalties. The Jackets did out-hit the Hurricanes 33-21, to and they did out-block them in shots 12-11 to in the game. By the way, it was Corpus Allo in net for the Jackets. He stopped. A total of 25 of 28. Save percentage of a .893. For the Hurricanes, like I mentioned, uh, Kovic stopping all 19 of 19 in his shutout performance. So the Jackets getting no points. So they have picked up four points in the last three games. The Jackets are continuing the build. And I will say it again here. They need their veterans to step up to the plate. Riley Nash has got to be better. He's been on the ice a lot, and he's connecting, but he it, it's just not turning over for him. He's not getting the puck in the back of the net. You also have, you know, i I, I got to say it, Nick Foligno's got to step up a little bit more. That overtime session in the second game on Saturday night, he really showed me a lot and stepped up to the plate, playing both forward. He's a two-way player. He could be a defenseman, and he could be a forward at the same time, too. So... Keep 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 it keep it grinding, Nick. I I really like what you're playing, how you're playing. Uh, Cam, he, he, you gotta step up to the plate. You know we haven't seen you on the score sheet all that much lately. We and, and it's been the defensemen have been scoring lately. It's been Warinsky and Jones scoring as of late. Um, yeah, I, I just want to see us get better. I really really do. I really really do. So the Jackets will then will now play. This upcoming Thursday at home against Carolina before hitting the road to play a two-game swing against the Detroit Red Wings. Jackets Red Wings will be Saturday night, three Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and then they will play the Red Wings again the next night at 3 o'clock at Little Caesars Arena, the final trip this season to see the Jackets play at Little Caesars Arena. Before they hit the road and go down to Florida for, that'll be it's a big road trip for the Jackets. After the Carolina game on Thursday, they'll play the Red Wings for two. Then they'll go down to Tampa, 
and play the Lightning for two, and then they head to Florida, the Sunrise, Florida, to see the Florida Panthers for the first time in Florida this season. So looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with this team and if they're going to really step up to the plate. This is the time for it right now. You've got a big game against Carolina on Thursday and then two against uh, rebuilding a Red Wings team before you have to really battle against the defending Stanley Cup champion in Tampa Bay. So we'll see what happens with that. By the way, looking at the standings going into today's play, the Jackets and the Blackhawks are in a virtual tie for the final playoff spot. In the Discover Central Division right now, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning leading the division at 31 games played. They are 23-6-2 at 48 points. Carolina, with their win on Monday night, improved to 21-7-3 with 45 points. They have played 31 games. Florida has played 31 games. They're 27-4 with 44 points. The Chicago Blackhawks have only played 32 games. They're 14-13-5 with 33 points. Jackets are at an even 500 right now at 33 games played. They're 13-13-7 with 33 points. Nashville is played 32 games so far this season. They are 14-17 and 1 with 29 points. Dallas is playing only 28 games so far. They're 10-10 and 8 with 28 points. And Detroit is played 32 games. They're 10-18 and 4 with 24 points. So the Jackets having an opportunity to play the Red Wings could really help their playoff push. And we'll look really quickly here. At Chicago's stand, rankings. So Chicago has Florida tonight. Then they go. They play Nashville on the weekend. And then they will end host Carolina for two. So it is a big weekend. For the Hawks too. So the Jackets can make up some points. Some big points. This is This is very very key. For the Jackets to continue. Looking at the rest of the standings. Around the NHL. In the Scotiabank North Division, it is the Leafs just running away right now. At 32 games played, they're 20-10-2 at 42 points. Edmonton is right there at 42 points, though. They're th- at 34 games played, 21-13-0 with 42 points as well. You also have Winnipeg at thir- 32 games played at 19-11-2 at 40 points. Montreal holding the fourth playoff spot right now at 31 games played at 14-8-9 with 37 points. On the outside, looking in right now, Vancouver with 36 games played. They're 16-17-3 and three with 35 points. Calgary, 33 games have been played by them. They're 15-15-3 with 33 points. So averaging a point basically a game. Uh, and, tr- and rounding it out for the North Division, it is the Ottawa Senators at 34 games played. They're 11-20-3 with 20 Five points in the Honda West right now is Vegas at 22 7 and 1 with 48 excuse me 45 points. They have played 30 games so far this year. By the way, Lucas's Colorado Avalanche holding on strong at second place at 30 games played. They're 28 and 2 at 42 points. It is then Minnesota with 30 points, 30 games played. They're 19 10 and 1 with 39 points. And holding the final playoff spot is the St. Louis Blues at 32 games played at 16, 11, and 5 with 37 points. On the outside, looking in, looks like this. It's the LA Kings at 31 games played. They're 13, 12, and 6 with 32 points. Arizona is 32 games have been played by them. 
They're 13, 14, and 5 with 31 points. San Jose, 30 games played. They're 12, 14, and 4 with 28 points. Anaheim has played 33 games. There are nine single digits. Yes, I said nine wins, 18 losses, six overtime losses with 24 points this year. So they're the second worst team. The worst team in all the NHL is actually in the Mass Mutual East Division. And they're the last place team. And we'll get to them here in a second. But the Islanders, again, continuing to roll right now. At 21, 8, and 4 with 46 points, they have played 33 games so far this year. Washington is 31 games played. They're 27 and 4 with 44 points. Pittsburgh is 32 games played. They're 19, 11, and 2 with 40 points. Boston holding the fourth spot at 16, 8, and 4 with 36 points. They have played only 28 games, and they're right now they're on a pause with COVID breaking out between four players. They have canceled a lot of their games going forward, so see if they can make those up. Philadelphia is holding on the outside looking in. Gritty's on the outside looking in in the playoff spot. He has played 30 games for 15, 11, and 4 with 34 points. The Rangers in 6 at 31 games played. They're 14, 13, and 4 with 32 points. The Devils are 29 games played. They are 11, 14, and 4 with 26 points. And as Jack Edwards said it best, the dumpster fire of the NHL are the Buffalo Sabres. They have played 30 games this year. There are six wins. Yes, I said six wins, 20 losses, and four overtime losses for 16 points alone this year. So, And I could believe Jack Edwards said that on, on air. He said that on air. She could not believe it. It's unbelievable. I mean, to call the team out and say to them, Say to their fan base, you know, it's the biggest. It's a dumpster fire. That the NA, the NHL's version of a dumpster fire, is is the Buffalo Sabers. I mean, to say it out loud like that, it's unbelievable. 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 Looking at the latest. News around the NHL, by the way. Uh, the draft, it's going to, the Canadians have now have three more games postponed due to COVID 19. It looks like this will not play the two against the Oilers and one against the Senators through Sunday as they have had COVID protocols after forwards. Uh, Joel Armia and Yassi Kokolin were placed into protocol. Montreal will not play in Ottawa on Sunday pending test results. They're expected to reopen the facilities on Monday of next week. They're scheduled to play the Senators on Tuesday. No makeup dates have been announced. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin is out right now for the Washington Capitals. He's day-to-day with a lower body injury. That's not good news. Uh the Bruins are hoping that they can get the uh, their facilities open after players are starting to come back with negative test results. So they're hoping to have the facilities open tomorrow. We'll see how that's going to open up. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And, um, and speaking of the Hurricanes that the Jackets are playing right now, Dougie Hamilton and the Carolina Hurricanes agreed to table contract talks until after 
this season is done. So we'll see what happens with that. And by the way, the trade deadline is right around the corner. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Because of COVID and everything like that and the border being closed, I think the trade deadline is going to be done a little earlier than the, to be expected because once you, if you get traded to a Canadian team, you're going to have to sit in protocol for basically, uh, what they say, 14 days, 14, 17 days, 14, 17 days. So you're going to be sitting in protocol for the, that time frame. So if you want to make a trade, make the trade this week. And you'll be able to make the, start play by at least the first week of April. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, games on the slate tonight. Like I mentioned, Chicago is at home to play the Panthers. The Devils are in Philadelphia to battle the Flyers. The Red Wings are in Nashville to battle the Smashville. Hicks with six. Nashville Predators. Tampa Bay is in Dallas to play the Lightning. That's a rematch of the Stanley Cup final from last year. Looking forward to that. 10 o'clock drop. It will be Colorado versus Arizona. By the way, tomorrow, Wednesday night hockey, if you're looking for that, it will be Buffalo taking on Pittsburgh at 8 o'clock. I don't know why that is. There's a really good game. There are really good Canadian games tomorrow night. Especially, you can, you can put the Calgary-Ottawa game on there because they're both battling for a, well, Calgary's battling for a playoff spot. Buffalo, like I said, dumpster fire. Tomorrow night's late game on NBCSN. Kings and Sharks, that's more of a game to watch for that one. So that's your NHL news and notes. And that is the Jackets Report right here on All Andy Alford. As you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, however, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into it. A great first weekend in the March Madness NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. We'll talk about it right now. It's time to break down those brackets. It's time to cut down the nets. And it's time for March Madness, baby! The first week of March Madness has come and gone, ladies and gentlemen. How's your bracket looking right now? How is your bracket looking right now? I'll tell you how my bracket's doing right now. Absolutely atrocious. The one half of it is gone. Gone! Absolutely destroyed, my friends. Absolutely destroyed. And so welcome in. Let's recap what we have seen in this. The first week of the men's tournament. Oh, it has been absolutely atrocious. I mean, wh- what is there to say? We have seen the unexpected, ladies and gentlemen. We have seen the unexpected. Let's dive into it right off the bat. COVID has hit the NCAA tournament. 
One game postponed due to COVID as VCU was having to withdraw from the tournament as it was Oregon getting the win, getting the no contest. Moving on to the next round of the NCAA tournament. And let's start off with the first four games, of course. Norfolk State getting the win. And they had to play Gonzaga in the first round and getting absolutely obliterated by the Bulldogs who are continuing their dream season as they beat Norfolk State in round or the first round of the 64 in the West Bracket, 98-55. An upset in my predictions. I had Missouri beating Oklahoma in the 8-9 matchup. Oklahoma getting a 72-68 win. And they moved on to the round of 32. Creighton then took on UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara, and a close game as the as the Blue Jays getting a 63-62 win over the Blue Jays. How about the upset as the defending champions, fourth-ranked Virginia, the Cavaliers, go down to the Mid-American Conference in the Ohio Bobcats by a score of 62-58, to making them into the round of 32. And then it was USC getting a big win over Drake as Drake propelled themselves over Wichita State as USC a big 72-56 win over the Drake Bulldogs. It was, Ken, it was Kansas, the third-ranked Kansas Jayhawks, stricken with COVID throughout the season, getting the job done. And beating Eastern Washington by a score of 93-84. to Like I mentioned before, Oregon getting the win. No contest over VCU. And then Grand Canyon University. 15th ranked in the tournament in the West Bracket. Took on second ranked Iowa. And Iowa getting the big win. 86-74. So, then we get into the round of 32 for the West Bracket. As it was Gonzaga taking on Oklahoma and Gonzaga getting the big win, 87-71. As they go into the Sweet 16, it was then Creighton taking on 13th ranked Ohio. Could the Bobcats continue their way in the NCAA tournament? Fortunately, the ride ends for the Bobcats as they lose 72-58 to the Creighton Blue Jays and sets up Gonzaga playing Creighton in the Sweet 16. On the bottom side of the bracket was the 6th ranked USC Trojans getting a big win over the Kansas Jayhawks, 85-51, getting them into the Sweet 16. And then Oregon, after not playing VCU, took on the 2nd ranked team in the West bracket and the Iowa Hawkeyes. A great game, and the Big Ten gets a loss. As, as Oregon beats Iowa 95-80. to So it's Gonzaga and Creighton on the top side of the bracket. On the bottom side, it is USC and Oregon in the west bracket. Now, going to the east bracket. It was the first-ranked Michigan Wolverines taking on the 16th-ranked Texas Southern who, makes, who won their play-in game. And they took on the took on the Wolverines, and the Wolverines getting a big 82-66 win, getting them into the round of 32. It was LSU a huge win, and I had St. Bonaventure, by the way, in that game. 
St. Bonaventure getting the loss. They lose 76-61 to LSU. And then Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas took on fifth-ranked Colorado. And that was I felt like that was going to be the upset because Georgetown was playing so good in their Big East tournament. Felt like they were going to continue. They couldn't get the job done. They get blown out by the by the by Colorado 96 to 73. It was Florida State getting a big win over UNC Greensboro 64-54. And then Michigan State and UCLA battled out in the final game of the first four tournament. UCLA a huge win beating Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans. They took on the six-ranked BYU Cougars. And UCLA getting a 11-point win, beating the Cougars 73-62. It was Texas battling Abilene Christian. And Abilene Christian pulling the upset, being the third-ranked Texas Longhorns. Horns down, my friends, as Abilene Christian wins 53-52 in the first round of 64. And then UConn taking on 10th-ranked Maryland. Felt like Maryland could be the contending team. I had UConn. Maryland gets the big win, 63-54 by 9. Alabama took on Iona and Rick Pitino, returning to the NCAA tournament. And it was all Alabama, 68-55 over Iona. We get to the round of 32 in the East Bracket. Michigan took on LSU last night, and Michigan getting an 86-78 win continuing their run in the NCAA tournament. And then it was fifth-ranked Colorado taking on fourth-ranked Florida State. At Florida State, the Seminoles continue to run as they won 71-53, beating, beating Colorado. It was then UCLA taking on 14th-ranked Abilene Christian, and the run for Abilene Christian ends as UCLA getting a win 64-47, beating them by 20 points. And then Alabama took on Maryland. And another loss by the Big Ten as Maryland gets smoked by Alabama, 96-77. So, in the East for the finals in the Sweet 16, it's Michigan as the number one seed. Fourth seed is Florida State. The 11th seed, the play-in team, UCLA. And the second overall in the ranking, Alabama Crimson Tide. We now go to the South Bracket right now. And the South Bracket looks like this. It was Baylor taking on 16th ranked Hartford. And Baylor getting a 79-55 win over Hartford in the round of 64. And then a battle between two blue-collar basketball twos. The number 8 ranked in the seed, North Carolina Tar Heels took on the Wisconsin Badgers and the Badgers beating up on Roy Williams and the North Carolina Tar Heels by a score of 85 to 62. And this is when the bracket for me decided to take the dumper. As it was Villanova getting a big win over Winthrop 73-63. I had Winthrop in the game. And then a big upset as fourth-ranked Purdue took on 13th-ranked North Texas and North Texas beating the Boilermakers by nine. 78-69. It was Texas Tech, the Red Raiders,
beating up on the U on Utah State 65 to 53. I felt like Colgate could do some damage in the NCAA tournament. They fall to the Razorbacks of Arizona of Arkansas 85-68. And then seventh-ranked Florida took on Virginia Tech. A slobber knocker, as JR would say at best, of a basketball game. 75-70 in favor of the Gators. And then the implosion of the majority of the brackets across the nation and across the country as Oral Roberts, the 15th seed, defeat the Ohio State Buckeyes in overtime. 75-72, pulling the upset and beating Ohio State. Upset City! Or as in the words of Gus Johnson, Heartbreak City! We get to the round of 32 in the South Bracket. Baylor getting a 76-63 win against Wisconsin. And then Villanova took on North Texas. Could the dream be alive for North Texas? It ends in the round of 32 as Villanova gets an 84-61 win over North Texas. And in a, in a hard-fought game between Arkansas and Texas Tech, Texas Tech falls to the Razorbacks 68-66. And then Oral Roberts pulling yet again another upset, beating the seventh-ranked Florida Gators. 81-78. And so the Sweet 16 in the South bracket does not look like everybody else's bracket as the one-seed Baylor plays the five-seed Villanova. And the three-seed Arkansas battles 15th-ranked Cinderella herself, Oral Roberts. Oh, baby, that's going to be a good game. And then we finish up with the Midwest bracket. A huge bracket for yours truly. One loss in the bracket. As it was starting off with Drexel taking on the number one overall seed. In the Midwest bracket, Illinois, the Illini getting a 78-49 win over Drexel. Sister Jean propels her boys to a win over Georgia Tech, 71-60. And who, out, who predicted Oregon State beating Tennessee? Yours truly right here as Oregon State beats Tennessee, 70-56. It was Oklahoma State a winner 69-60 over Liberty. It was sixth-ranked San Diego State being pulled an upset. And who picked Syracuse? This guy right here by a score of 78-62. As Bayhounds boys continue their march, West Virginia then beats Moorhead State by a score of 84 to 67. Rutgers looking to continue the momentum and try to get the Big Ten going. They propel and beat Clemson by a score of 60 to 56. And then the second rank, Houston Cougars took on the Cleveland State Vikings. A good game from the beginning, but it ends with the Cougars getting an 87-56 win over Cleveland State. 
We get to the round of 32. We'll start at the bottom. Houston getting a three-point win over the Rutgers Golden over the Rutgers Knights. It was Syracuse giving Bob Huggins a loss in the NCAA tournament. And Jim Beheim and his son roll into the Sweet 16 with a 75-72 win. And then Oregon State beats Oklahoma State by 10. And then another domino falls for the Big Ten as Sister Jean and her Huskies beat the Illini by a score not right close, but by blowing them out 71-58. And the Sweet 16 sees no number ones in the Midwest. It is Loyola of Chicago with Sister Jean taking on the 12th ranked Beavers of Oregon State. And it will be Jim Beheim and Beheim on the court against the second ranked Houston Cougars. And that is the NCAA wrap up. Oh, baby. So the NCAA Tournament, how about that? Yes, the NCAA Tournament upsets galore in the NCAA Tournament. And by the way, let's take a look at right now the all Andy Alford Challenge. When it comes to that, it looks like it is going to right now I have 360 points. The max I can get is 1280 if Gonzaga wins out. Uh, Lucas Shaggy 1 has 400 points right now. He can only max out at 1080. And then it is by the count of Willis, who has 340 points. He can max out at 1180. So it looks like I'm going to win the NCAA bracket challenge, bearing if, if Gonzaga and like I said, um, looking at it again, so count it out for us right here. Nine participants of that have that were in the NCAA tournament for the Big Ten. Michigan is the only one left. So eight, eight Big Ten schools are out of the NCAA tournament. Does that tell you that the committee got it? Wrong! Should have put the University of Toledo or Bowling Green or another mid-major into this. Don't believe the hype, my friends. Don't believe the hype that it's going to be interesting. So, also, game times have been posted for the Sweet 16 games. It will all start on the, looks like it will all start on the 27th, the bottom half of the bracket, the South Division. We'll start off at 2.40 as it will be Loyola of Chicago taking on Oregon State. And then at 5.15, number one ranked Baylor in the south bracket will tell battle number five, Villanova. The Nightcaps see Arkansas third ranked taking on the Cinderella herself or Roberts at 7.25. The Nightcap, the final game will be 11th ranked Syracuse taking on second ranked Houston. 
The next day, the 28th, it will be starting at 210, number one ranked overall, Gonzaga tailing number five, Creighton. And then at 5 o'clock, number one ranked Michigan will take on Florida State. And then the night games will have number two ranked Alabama battling number 11, UCLA. And the finale of the Sweet 16 games, there will be sixth ranked USC taking on seventh ranked Oregon. And that will get us to the Elite Eight. And then that will get us down to the Final Four. And I'm looking forward to that and seeing how it's all going to shape up. If you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. I need a drink of water, and then we got to hit the diamond, talk a little baseball right here on All Andy Alford. So let's hit the diamond a little bit. Of course, the Reds, Tigers, and Cleveland are down in spring training. Of course, the Reds and the Indians Formerly the Indians, they'll be named some of the something else at a later date. I'm going to say that the Cleveland team are in Goodyear. The Tigers are in Lakeland. The news of the day, of course, is that Matthew Boyd will get the nod for opening day on April 1st as they take on the Cleveland Indians. And uh, looking at the Tigers really quickly here, they have projected what the opening day lineup will look like for the Tigers, it'll be Ramos and Grinder looking like they'll be sharing the positions at catching. Uh, at first base, it'll be Nunez and Cabrera sharing duties. Uh, you could throw in uh, Canelario as well as Jordan Scoop. At second base, it's probably going to be Scoop, actually. Excuse me, my bad. Third base will be Jeremy Canelario. At shortstop, will be Willie Castro. In the outfield, will be Robbie Grossman, Jacoby Jones, Nora Maraza, Victor Reyes, and Akeem Badu. And then the utility guy will probably be Nico Goodrum, and he's a really good stick for them. Uh, the rotation for the Tigers, Boyd being basically probably the ace of the staff right now, he'll get the number one start. Urrera, the number two start. Chiron, the number three start. Michael Fulmer, four. And uh, Scoble being the number five start. And those could change from last week. Is uh, Spencer Turnbull could be added to that as well. So, as a possibility. And then in the bullpen, you have Daniel Norris, Tyler Alexander, Derek Holland, uh, Castillo, Jimenez, Farmer, Soto, Garcia. Looks like he's going to be the closer for the Tigers this year. And A.J. Hinch has got a good club. I really, I, I think they're going to be building up some more as the season goes on. But, again, Michael Fulmer announced as the starter for the Tigers, the Tigers today battled the Yankees and ended in a 5-5 tie. They'll play the Phillies tomorrow at 1:05. Now let's dive into the Red Legs of Cincinnati. Cincinnati battled uh, San Diego today and lost 5-4 to by the game by the score in that one, and that took place in San Diego. And it looks like the the starting lineup for the Reds come opening day is going to be interesting as the Reds are going to be, remember, there is no, there's no, there's no um, Trevor Bauer anymore. He's now in LA with the Dodgers, but the lineup looks like this. There could be two catchers. It looks like it's going to be Tyler Stevenson and Tucker Barnhart. 
at first base, it is up to Joey Votto. It really is. If he can get healthy, if he can come back and be 100%, that'd be great. Uh, Jordan Indian is at second base. It looks like that's going to be for real. Mike Moustakis will be at third. At shortstop, it will be Eugenio Suarez. And then in the outfield, you're going to have, you have a battle for four positions. You have Tyler Naquin, Jesse Winkler, Nick Schwartzel, and Nick Castellanos. And then in the utility players, you have D, D. Gordon. You have Alex Blandino, who is a very good hitter. Kyle Farmer, who is also a good hitter as well. And Max Sherlock as well. The rotation for the Reds, you have Castillo, Manjo, Lorenzen, Hoffman, and Miley. Now, Castillo has been announced as the opening day starter against the Reds come opening day on April 1st. The relievers look like this. It would be Doolittle, Garnett, Sims, Perez, Biddle, Finnegan, Automati, and Romero. That looks like it's going to be at. And looks like DeLon could be in that conversation as well. Again, Castile was named the opening day starter for the Red Legs as they will open up with the St. Louis Cardinals on opening day on April 1st. They'll play Texas tomorrow night at 9.05 Eastern tomorrow night. And now we go into Cleveland. Cleveland took on the Giants today, and the Giants smoked the try by a score of 7-0. Plesak, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. The Indians do not look like the Indians anymore, folks. But there is some progress with Plesak. And uh, the Indians are going to have some tough decisions when it comes to everything. You know, and the opening day roster for the Indians is going to be interesting. You'll have Perez and Hodges at catching. At first base, you'll have Jake Bowers. That looks like it's going to be for real. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is going to be at second base. That looks like it's going to be for real. Jose Ramirez at third. No question about that. Andres Jimenez at shortstop. That's going to be an interesting play, as well as the designated here being Fermio Reyes. There's no surprise. The power is there. Uh, utility hitter can be Young Chang. And in the outfield, you have five players that can play in the outfield. You have Rosario. You have Josh Naylor, uh, Jordan Lupo, Ahmed Rosario, and Bradley Zimmer that could all be out there. The rotation is going to be Shane Beaver, Plesak, Cervelli, McKenzie and Logan Allen. And then in the relievers form, it's going to be Jake Ron, Emmanuel Chase, Nick Wingarden, Matt Melton, Oliver Perez, of course, Adam Plunko, Brad Shaw, and Travis, Trevor Safian. So, but like I mentioned before, I will say it here. Opening day starter for the tribe was announced and it is going at this. Uh, I just had it in here. Um, it will be Shane Bieber getting the opening day start on on April 1st against Detroit. And uh, by the way, looking at the schedule for the, we're going to look at the schedule for everybody's teams in our MLB preview roundtable discussion with Lucas Sigerson and Nick, the, Nick of Ibre coming up later this week. 
you know, the Tigers, the, the Indians and the Tigers open up against each other. And then the Indians then battle two against Kansas City. And then they host the the Tigers for full, for three. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be absolutely interesting to see how this season is going to shape up a full 182-game season. It's going to be fun. It is absolutely going to be fun. And I, I look forward to it. Some news and notes around the around Major League Baseball itself. Uh, uh, Fernando Tatis was removed today out of um, out of uh, the game with left shoulder discomfort. Doesn't look good. Um, the uh, I'll say this. Um, I did ha- get something today in the mail that I wanted to share with you. And that is, I got the new Sports Illustrated. And the Sports Illustrated has the predictions out. And they are pretty close to what I'm predicting for the season in baseball. And um, But I will, I, will, I will save you the time for, I'll save you what I think is going to happen. But they have the Tigers with 64 wins this year. They have Cleveland at 581 wins this year. On the other side of the other side of the uh, other side of the senior circuit, they have the Reds with 73 wins this year. 73 wins this year. Take it as you are. You know, take it as it is. You know, and. Uh, they're pretty consistent on what I think is going to happen. They were, I really do. I really, I really, really do. I really think it's hitting it right on the head. But like I said, uh, Nick Vivre, Lucas Sigerson, we're all going to have a roundtable discussion. I'm probably going to do this over Zoom probably to be the best. And we're going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned baseball talk and getting our predictions, writing it all down, seeing who we think it's going to lift the commissioner's trophy at the end of the season and how everybody's teams are going to look. Uh, I tell I tell you, um, Phil Gilliam sent me that message. I think the Yankees look very, very good. They looked good today against the Tigers. And uh, But, you know, it's it's up to the Dodgers. It really is. I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But we'll still see. We shall see. As you're listening to All Andy Elf for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now we are come to the end of the show tonight, and it's time now for Andy Rants. So once again, I want to thank you for giving your time and your effort to listen to the show tonight. We're trying to make these shows about an hour long now instead of the long two-hour version that you'll usually hear on our show and um i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart again for giving your time and your effort to listen to our show tonight if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet i I say it again what are you doing hit the subscribe button we do podcast now every every either monday or tuesday when the jackets are playing if the jackets play on tuesday we'll play we'll have the podcast monday if they're playing before then, we'll have the podcast every Tuesday, and we'll have it on Friday. And uh, looking forward to having the discussion, our roundtable discussion with Lucas and Nick 
uh, this upcoming week. Check your local listings for that. Talking and getting our predictions for this upcoming baseball season. Looking forward to that as well. Um, Big week, of course. Like I mentioned before, last week on our program, we got a lot to get into for this season of all Andy Alford. Of course, uh, we have upcoming the the start of the baseball season with opening day. You have in May we will be in Columbus for on Cinco de Mayo for the Jackets Predators game. We'll be down there for that. Uh, we'll also be at that time the night day before we will be trying to be into fifth third field to see the Mud Hens opening day as they open April May fourth for opening day for baseball in the down in downtown Toledo. Uh, we're also looking forward to July, this upcoming July. Again, the continuing coverage of the Marathon Classic right here on the All Andy Offer Network. This will be our fifth year covering the Marathon Classic. Um, looking forward to hopefully being at the ninth hole this year and being in the crowd to be with you. And then you also have, forget before that, we also have the NFL Draft happening in Cleveland this upcoming April. Looking forward to probably trying to be there for that event. Keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully we can all get into that safely and soundly. Uh, So a lot of shows for the summer. We're looking forward to that. Also, we have the Solheim Cup coming at the end of August, as well as the German American Fest we're hoping that we can get into this year with with the podcast. And of course, getting married in September. Looking forward to Really looking forward to that and being with my wife and starting a brand new life together. And, uh, yeah, it is uh, very good. And, by the way, I wanted to share some information for you guys, too. Uh, I'm getting the COVID vaccine. I will be getting the COVID vaccine this upcoming Thursday um, at my local participating location, Meyer location. Um, it sounds like it's going to be the Pfizer shot. I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm excited for, you know, the possibility of me being fully vaccinated by the end of, by the end of April. And I'll be okay to go to Columbus in May and to go to opening day for the Mud Hens. Um, and hopefully we can enjoy it. We're seeing more concerts getting posted you know, they just announced the bash on the bay in Port in Putin Bay with Blake Shelton and Keith Urban. That sets up to be some some great concerts. And you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the rest of twenty twenty one will provide. Hopefully we've turned the corner and so I ask this again to you fans out there, when you are out and about, please, please wear a mask when you're with public. Last night, me and my fiance went out to dinner at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings, and then we went over to our local ice cream parlor, and we were outside at the I'll, I'll name names. We were outside at the Dairy Depot on Navarre Avenue, and we were stopping to get ice cream. And every person that was outside was not wearing a mask. Oh my God! I felt like. Like, this is why, you know, we, we're tired. I know. We're all tired of COVID. We're all tired of wearing a mask. But if we can get through this, and now that the state of Ohio ha- and the state of Michigan has approved 
people of 16 and older to get a vaccine, we are at, we could see the finish line. We could see the finish line. We're about ready, to, and they're pulling the tape. And we're at the we're at the 500 meter mark. And we are close to the end of this marathon. Don't let up and finish the job. We have to finish this job, Ohio. We have to finish this job, Michigan, or wherever you're listening to this. When you get your vaccine, get your vaccine. Know your information as well. And always remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, and keep six-foot distance. All I ask. So we can get through this together. As one nation. So please, when you're out, wear a mask when in public. If you want to... It's like a, and I'll say, it was a polar opposite. Like on Sunday, I went and got ice cream at Mr. Freeze in Perrysburg. Everyone was wearing a mask. I go last night to Dairy Depot on Oregon. Not a single person was wearing a mask. Except for me and my fiance. And it made us look stupid. But at the same time, we were playing safe. We were being safe. I know we're tired of wearing masks. I know we're tired of everything else. I'm tired of all this COVID regulations. But we're, we are so close to the tape. We have to, and once we get to the tape, we run through the tape and we finish strong. That's what we have to do, Ohio. We have to finish strong. Plain and simple. That's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight. We'll talk to talk to you guys again on Friday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Could possibly be the roundtable discussion. Looking forward to it with Nick of Ebre and Lucas Sigerson. Until then, this is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, And to my teams, go Jackets! Get back onto the winning page. Let's go Reds. Go Tigers and go Indians. Go Falcons. And go Crew. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Friday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Love you, babe. Talk to you guys then. Radio Gaga. Radio Go. Radio Gaga. Radio Go.